Hello and welcome to the JV Squad podcast. This is our eighth official episode, and we're you know we're we're really storming the the boards as far as viewers. I thought about having a joke for our eighth podcast, but I felt like if I did say this joke or come up with a joke for that, I'd probably be on a government watch list. Honestly, I was thinking, I was like, what could the joke be? And I was thinking of Dodgeball, you know how they had ESPN, the Ocho? Yeah. On there, and oh, I love that, that yeah, movie. You know what? It's starting to feel like like that's coming true because they have like ESPN 1, ESPN 2, ESPN News, ESPN U, and then the SEC network, which is really just ESPN, SEC. Yeah, true. But so, uh, yeah, Snoochie Poochie. Snoochie Poochie joined uh, Julian Jubair with Vinny Vinooch. Snoochie Poochie. <laughs> Way to plug that one. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I'm going solo one day. Yeah, things are... Sports are a bit quiet right now. There's yeah. not too much. I mean, a lot of things... You know, there are certain sports that are kind of... Uh, that have been ramping down for a while. Um, I mean, when you, especially in these dog days of summer, you know, you really have just baseball to watch because even soccer. Yeah. MLS is in its full tilt, but fortunately, obviously, like we talked in the past... Hasn't gained enough steam here in the United States, so main, even mainstream soccer's. Uh, well, Premier way. League is is here, and um, Chelsea actually beat your team. My my team, Chelsea, beat uh, Crystal Palace the other so, day. So yes, um, and I'll be honest, I'm only a Crystal Palace, or at least uh, I would call myself a Crystal Palace supporter, because I am a very big person of shared ownership. They are uh, the Crystal Palace is part of the family that also owns. Uh, the Philadelphia Philadelphia 76ers, and your New Jersey Devils. Uh, Speaking about that, they're actually looking for auditions for a public address announcer. What? Are, how about I just hit you, like I push you to the uh, side of the road and I go take that job. Oh, well, um, I, I don't know how successful you'll be in that, you know. You're... Oh, no, there'd be a lot of stuttering and a lot of like just my... Brain just going dead. At best, you're insufferable, but we make it work here. Yeah, we on, do. On the JV Squad podcast. So but, I, I was figuring we start out today for episode number eight, right? So last Thursday, the Yankees, they played a game and they scored eight runs. Ah, that's a nice callback. Oh, we're making or a plug. Se- that's a nice segue. ESPN, the Ocho, yeah. eight podcast, eight runs by the Yankees. Play however, that in the lottery. However, I do remember that the other teams scored one more run than the Yankees in that What do you game. mean, remember? I told you that. That's accurate. I but, So, um, we're talking, yeah, of course, About folks. the Field of Dreams game. Thank uh, you for everybody. It. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. I interrupt you. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about the Field of Dreams game that happened last, uh, last Thursday on your birthday, no less. Yes, yes, it was. And I didn't know it was going on until no. I looked it up today. Because I remember, I was hearing about the Field of Dreams game, and I was like, I know that there was... There was a movie called Field of Dreams. I, yes. When we were talking before, I was like, it, I got confused with uh, Angels in the Outfield. And I was yeah, like, no, Angels in the two- Outfield is about some kid. I, I guess he becomes like the manager. Because that happened a lot in, uh, I, if you know, it's like in the 1990s. There was a lot of, base- like when we were talking about how the, the difference, like of how big baseball was compared to the yeah. decline or the rise of the NFL. That's how you notice how big baseball was because most of the majority of the sports movies back then were baseball movies and a lot of them were kids either somehow this kid had some surgery done where next thing you know he has a major league level arm so he becomes a pitcher and then angels in the outfield is the kid becomes uh i think an outfielder 
and he's like spirited like he's like uh like a lot of the plays he can make is from like an angel watching over him yeah and like you know actually like because if you watch it like he actually like he uh he gets like a uh outfield catch like over the wall and you see like the angel come up and lift him up to make that catch but obviously nobody else sees him very on the nose with that i mean angels Um, in the outfield they're literally angels in the outfield and then you get oh i forgot what the movie was called but it was about a kid i don't know if he bought or he somehow smuggled his way into becoming the manager of the minnesota twins well, you know, the Minnesota Twins haven't really had a... Oh, no, this was back when, during their dynasty years. Oh, okay, I was going to say, this recent, is when as they of recent, had, uh, they, Kirby Puckett. they definitely have not been uh, quite that, no. that prestigious. Uh, I mean, they've been good, but just, like, not not, 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 not where championship they were level. Then. Absolutely. Contender. But then, obviously, one of the baseball movies of the time was Field of Dreams. Yeah. And I don't know the exact plot of it, but I know it had to do with Kevin Costner, who, for those that uh, don't know him or don't know the name, he played the general manager of the Cleveland Browns in the movie Draft Day from, I think, 2012, which, to me, I saw it in theaters. I wanted to vomit. Like It, it was an entertaining movie. Like it, You know, it had suspense and all that. Yeah. But anybody who knows anything about sports understands... Or trading in general. I mean, sports trading is different from like other types of trading, but I'm. Well, yeah, we're not about, talking stock market over here. We're not talking. But about what stocks. I'm saying is, like, anybody with a, any kind of knowledge about sports. A modicum of uh, of of intelligence when it oh, comes. Oh, I to sports. can't say that word. I know I can't say that uh, word. That's why I say it. Um, I pick up the big words that you can't say. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so those trades were super unrealistic. Oh, absolutely! It was so, like playing Madden actually yeah. when we when we play our Madden GM. Yeah, mode. like oh, I hate that. You guys make the stupidest deals. <laughs> I got a first round for like a 70, 75 overall player. Yeah, and the a, a trade four. logic is so horrible. Like this guy, he traded. I know we're supposed to be talking about the field of dreams, but yes. in, in terms of like the the role, you could tell this wasn't made. Uh, this wasn't written by somebody who knows about football. Oh no, it's he, kind of so. Do you know the trades? No, but before I say that, it's kind of like, you know how Hollywood likes to take these sports movies yeah. and, and basically these one in a million kind of like situations that would never occur yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in real life. And they're like, they try to, you know, it just seems like they try to make it so like unbelievable and so they, yeah. they try to drag it, as much for, as they can out. Yeah, it's for Hollywood, you know, that pizzazz. Yeah, and, so, and a lot of, you don't see this in normal yeah, sports. Like, unless there's like, the the closest I could think of where you see this crazy trade that was pulled off that created a dynasty. I, again, I haven't seen Draft Day. I don't know the exact premise of it. I assume oh, no, it a lot ends. of crazy trades were made to get a lot of high round picks or players. And well, it ends right after the draft. Oh, okay. So, so you don't even get to see what what's you reaped out of it. Yeah. So what basically happens is the guy who's playing, who's the Browns, has the number six pick. Yeah. And he trades with, I I forget who the, I think the other general manager is either Houston or Seattle. And the long story short is Cleveland wants a quarterback, or uh, people think Cleveland's going to be taking a quarterback. And there's this, obviously this um, highly touted quarterback who's a smug, thinks everything is deserved for him. He goes... Johnny Manziel? Pretty much like a Johnny Manziel, but even more like incredibly douchey. That's that's hard. I I've seen what Johnny Manziel yeah. has well, done. Well, Johnny Manziel, was. it looks like he has a he he makes really stupid decisions. Absolutely. This guy was a smug like a. I, okay, I can't say that, 
But like he was like a real piece of piece of work, I should say. Yeah, there we go. I'm trying to PG thirteen this. Uh, well, the PG we're, or PG PG yeah, PG thirteen. We're we're dropping yeah. f bombs. Um, but but yeah. So what? So basically, the deal is the owner wants the top pick, so they get that quarterback. Yeah. But obviously, Costner has his doubts. So what he does is he trades six and the next his next two ones. Like for next year, for next year, and then the year after his his sixth overall. Yeah, for for those viewers, the sixth <laughs> overall plus his next two first round draft picks yep. for the first overall pick, and obviously gets taken. That doesn't seem too unbelievable, but I assume no. To more. me, that, that's that's too much. I mean, I it's still, a lot to give up for the first overall. I feel like, and the thing is, he doesn't take the quarterback. He takes. It was a linebacker, ironically enough, out of Ohio State. Uh, the Ohio State. It was. Because he was like, the, the guy was like, was very down to earth and he was a very nice guy. And he was played by, oh man, I, I keep on forgetting his name, but Black Panther. Oh, um, Chadwick Boseman. Yes, it was. he was played by Chadwick Boseman. I think this was his first film after 42. So this is. Oh, before, after he played Jackie after Robinson. After he played Jackie Robinson and before he played Bel- uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, so he went number one overall. And then, obviously, everybody was so mad. And, like, obviously, you know, the veteran quarterback was thankful that they didn't take him. So next thing you know, what's his name? Costner goes back to the team he traded with and gives up, like, the next, his next, like, second round picks or whatever. Basically, he tries to get his pick back. And, uh, he does. Mm-hmm. And he, I forgot, who, he took somebody else. I think he took mm-hmm. a running back. But, um, but yeah, so, like, the deals... Was so. It took a running super, back in the first round. Yeah. Oh. Well, this was uh, this was before that. Um, this was like right at the start of that whole bad juju about taking a, a running back in the first round. Well, it's not even the Steelers in this past round took took Najee Harris from Alabama in the first round. It's not. It's not Michigan or Penn State. That's so. true. So we're good. Sorry, Michigan. Yeah. We we don't say the M. But uh. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's the stigma that running backs are kind of overvalued in today's NFL. And you see you see a lot of running backs that have been drafted in the first round. They want these huge deals, but the mileage that are put on them in the first couple of years, yeah. they think they're worth more than they actually are. And in some cases, they're worth that and more, but NFL GMs... Well, I think well it, the, you can yeah. find a good running back. It's I think... I think you can you can agree or disagree. Running back is among those positions in the NFL that are the easiest to transition from college to pro because you you it can either easy. hit the hole or you can't hit the hole. Yeah. You you either have the vision to to run through your blockers or don't. But the reason why they I I think they want like top dollar. Yeah. I mean a lot of it is you see guys like Ezekiel Elliott who yeah. who still got when a he, monster extension. He got a monster extension. Six years, ninety million. When I think. he was still like. I mean, and pl- he's still like what, 26, 27, so he still does have a career. Well, he's drafted in 2015, so yeah, he's around that but, age now. But a lot of those people, like, or at least a lot of those backs, obviously they're a couple of years into their uh, game, and especially when you see these top name backs wanting top dollar because they believe they're better than the best. Well, they, they also are numbers. thinking because a, a running back's shelf life it is, is, a skill is position. It's relatively short. Yeah, it is. Running backs, by the time they're 30, most of them, uh, aside from, like, an Adrian Peterson or, you know, a Frank Gore. Or a Reggie You're Bush. not really playing prime football in yeah. your 30s as a running well, back. And, you know, that's the crazy thing is because the how 
offenses have changed for yeah. so much. You would expect that from, you know, running backs back in the 90s and uh, maybe the early 2000s when the running game was more AV of a prominent part of an offense. Well, actually, I would argue that in, in seeing that running backs are not as important, offenses are less likely to shell out the big bucks to running backs nowadays, um, which I completely understand. Like, I get it. Because I've seen, you've seen a lot of running backs, like someone like James Robinson last year, an undrafted rookie coming in, light, you know, he lit up the league yeah. as an undrafted running back. I mean, hell, you see a lot, a lot of players. You see a lot more of these undrafted or late yeah. round running backs make an impact. You don't see that a lot from other positions, usually. I mean, you can see I mean, it from a, you from see a wide it from receiver. receivers and uh, offensive linemen. Offensive linemen are a bit, I, I feel like, like the running, running backs, you can. You find a lot more value than you do at other positions in those later rounds, and that's why I feel like it's undervalued, especially also including the fact that this is more of a passing league now. I mean, if you have somebody with the skill or at least the talent uh, pool of a Ezekiel Elliott yeah. or a uh, Saquon Barkley, those oh, Quadzilla, yeah, those those are deserving. Of top picks. They are, but now you see kind of, I mean, Elliot hasn't been the same, but you can argue that that's because Dak Prescott has been hurt, so it's been kind of thrust on him to carry the offense. I think another thing the, is... The line is not as good as it used to be also. I mean, back in the day, you used to see running backs play well into their 30s. I think what it has to do is a lot of these rules that the NFL implemented when it comes to like training camp and uh, preparedness. Yeah. I think that's why you see uh, uh, the rise of injuries is because I don't feel like these players are fully prepared for the season. Well, also, when you're looking at the amount of... Because they're not... It's weird to phrase it like this. I think the bigger workload that they used to have prepared them. I, I know it wears people down, but it also kind of made them, in a sense, more durable, assuming they didn't get injured, like, every other, you yeah. know, all the time. It kind of made them more durable. I remember, like, some of the big power backs that you think of when you think back to, like, the 70s and the 80s. Larry Zonka, you think, like, um, John Riggins with yeah. the Washington Redskins. He he played well into his 30s. He was he was considered an old man by the time they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, he was, like, yeah. 32 or 33, which is... You know, even back then was very old for a running back. Yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, he was the diesel. He, it, it was the best when I saw like highlights back then. Whenever he'd like break off a run, they, they, they would um fire up the diesel engine. They'd have that that horn going while yeah, he was running yeah, down. Yeah. Which I love those kind of things in sports. I love that kind of um pageant. Home, not, yeah, not, not even field. pageantry, but like that kind of that little Uniqueness. little flair of yeah. yeah. That hometown flair. Absolutely. Which is why we bring it back to the Field of Dreams. Yep. So the movie was about, I, it, I forgot the reason why he had to do it, um, but it was the the reason he had to build a, it was Kevin Costner, yep. he had to build a baseball field mm-hmm. on his pretty much site. I guess it was maybe for like a source of revenue for the town or something like that. And it had to do with the 1919 uh, Chicago White Sox. For the infamous Black Sox scandal yep. for throwing the 1919 uh, World Series. I mean, they, this is back before contracts started, like, before athletes, like, before sports became, like, a really a big business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you, so when they you, weren't well, making anything. Well, even back then, 
baseball, I, I feel like, was considered America's pastime. It, not feel oh, like it, it, was, was. it was. It was. It was. Well, because it, baseball it goes back to the 1860s, 1870s. Yeah. Kind of like, it's kind of like on the same timeline as college football when, when it started to like yeah. gain traction. And to plug it for you, having Rutgers be the first NCAA That's the, football the whole champion. thing about uh, Rutgers. Like yeah. their whole but then you kind of saw a huge, you kind of saw a huge string of these Ivy League schools that were winning championships before other other schools were catching on and before these other yeah. schools were getting like And then you the see in like those 30s and the 20s and 30s and even the 40s, you know how that southern like that whole southern belt that's where football Absolutely. really Alabama, started. Alabama, you think you think um Texas, Georgia, Georgia the Georgia Georgia Tech game was yeah. one of the biggest rivalries back then. Yeah. But going back to uh the field, the field of, of dreams, dreams. Yeah, yeah, so so it was the 1919 uh, Black Sox and, you know, it was Shoeless Joe Jackson saying, if you build it, they will come, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they wanted to celebrate that with the Major League Baseball. So they had the most popular team at the time, the most popular team in baseball, and maybe even American sports, the New York Yankees, play. Most valuable. Definitely one of the most valuable. Uh, no, French. not their second. Oh, no, back valuable. to that. Oh, b- behind the Cowboys or yeah, behind the Cowboys today. Yeah, well, no, I'm but saying, they but they are they're the most valuable, most um, back then. No, oh no, uh, that was I'm saying f- now nowadays. Yeah, nowadays, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, so they played the Chicago White Sox. Yep, and they were all wearing um, um wearing 1990 the, yeah. throwback jerseys. And honestly, I kind of really, like those those White Sox jerseys. There was something about I I like them better than the Yankees ones at least. I mean honestly, the Yankees haven't changed that, in yeah. so long. Well, yeah, I'm sick of the, but that's that's for another. That's time. just that's how the Yankees have been. Yeah. They've just updated. That's it. Yeah, they've they've re- never they never changed. They haven't done a lot. They just updated. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you look at the, like the whole how the game played out, it seemed like it was like written as a script. Oh yeah, I love those. So there are these moments in sports where it just feels like it's like tailor made for a movie. You think like Miracle with the nineteen eighty yes. um that's one of my American favorite movies scene. of all time and that just that whole yeah. story. No, and there are Incredible. a lot of there are a lot of movies that you don't have to go to you don't have to go too far from the actual source material yeah. to make a compelling movie. That's why talking about movies, yeah. My favorite one of my favorite sports movies of all time is another baseball movie. It's called Moneyball. Moneyball. It's with Brad Pitt and um, Jonah Jonah Hill. I just remember the, I haven't seen that movie, but I just remember when they were sitting in the room and and yeah. Brad Pitt was talking about what they need to do, and he just Billy he Bean. would just he would just point at Jonah Hill every yeah. time, and he would, I I forgot exactly what he said. It was about um, on base percentage because the thing was. This Something was, about he can hit or like he can get he, on base. He can get on base. Yeah, he can get on base. Yeah. The thing I just was, remember every time yeah. Brad Pitt would just point to him and be like, "He can get on base." He's like, "Yeah." They, and like all these, all these other um, executives or whoever yeah. were just like, it, it, "Why are we signing this guy?" And he's yeah. like, "He can get on base." Because the way it was was um, it was an actual story about Billy Bean and mm. how he shaped the early two thousand uh, Oakland Athletics, specifically in mm. two thousand one. And it was just about how he used um, the the kid. Uh, I, I don't know uh, the real name or anything that, uh, but uh, Jonah William or Jonah Hart Hill. Jonah Hill. Jesus Christ. Jonah Hart. Yes. I said everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jonah Hill, the real life character he was portraying, created an algorithm, and it basically came down to on base percentage. Yeah. And this is like really the start of the advanced statistics 
that you see in, across all sports. Oh, absolutely. I, I even in like there, there are a lot of analytical minds that have been brought in in yeah. in posi- in like uh, executive positions yeah. or, or just across sports. Like I feel like the NFL, while they have been trying, like while it's been kind of trending towards a more analytical minded game. I feel like they're still not there no. as far as like, like when you the, look at bat baseball with that. The biggest two are baseball and hockey. Yeah, that have uh, rarely basketball. Like, you don't really, really hear a lot about people looking no. at analytics. I mean, honestly, it's because really, who could shoot outshoot the other? That's really what it is. And when it comes to baseball, like baseball, it's always about like walks, hits per inning. Oh yeah, there um, there's like a the lot whips, of the wars. Yeah. That's the Big, big statistic. Well, I would say that one of the one of the blessings that baseball has on its side, is, as far as being able to um, use analytics as much as they can, and this is not a, this is not a slight towards baseball. It's because it's a slower game, but in doing that, it's kind of like chess. You have to outthink the other person. You have to do all these things. While it doesn't make for the most exciting game, and I think that's why a lot of people look towards like football as far as like more of an exciting game while there are still breaks in football and everything i feel like baseball you have a lot more time to contemplate what you need to do and what needs to happen for you to be the most successful and i think that's what that's what baseball has working with it as far as why analytics are so ingrained in the game yeah because you have all this time to think and to to diagnose the situation well because baseball you could have like a whole stat sheet yeah and you could bring in just like a whole like book yeah. Of because what you'll see is back in the day before, so they tried to cut down on this with some rule changes uh, in recent years. Yeah. But what they would do is like you'd see like one of the biggest thing is baseball is like especially in the middle of the order you'd have left right left right hitty, or hitters. Yeah. So you'd see a pitch a new pitcher for each hitter. Mm-hmm. They would always play the matchup. Yeah. So there's always and especially with baseball there's so many statistics. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, it's like the Yankees happened, uh, this happened with the Yankees back in 2017. They let go of Joe Girardi because he was more of a, I guess, a momentum manager. Well, they didn't They didn't feel like he was analytically... Yeah, um, inclined. Yeah. He they, went they, with, based off... He, I do remember hearing about, like, I, I mean, like, I didn't hear the exact reason why they let him go, but I feel like a good portion of it was because he wasn't an analytics guy to yeah, the, that was one, to the level that they more, wanted. Yeah, they wanted yeah. a more analytical guy, and that's why they got Aaron Boone, which I feel like still to this day, as much as I feel as like I it was Aaron kind of Boone, the wrong... It was a wrong yeah. decision. Um, I, I do feel George, Joe Girardi should have kept his job, and I feel like had, they, had he kept his job, the Yankees would have won a World Series. Well, I mean, I, I know that they're... I know that this is going to be a sore topic for you. Well, no, but because in 2017, the, and everything the that 2017, there. right? Yeah. The Yankees weren't supposed to get there. Wasn't that the, that was the they year that they game seven. played the Astros? Yeah, well, they played them twice yeah. in the ALCS, and they lost both times. Yeah. But they made it to game seven that year. Yeah. And they weren't even supposed to get that far. And they were undefeated at home. So I feel like had, had the Yankees in the next couple of years... The yeah. Yankees would have had better decisions because Aaron Boone makes some really stupid decisions. And yeah. I, I feel like had Joe Girardi been in those situations, he would have made better decisions. Yeah. And it would have led to more success for the Yankees. Hell, like, if Joe Girardi was uh, the manager now, I feel like the Yankees wouldn't have started off so bad. Well, I don't even... It's they started off bad. They they did by their standards. By their standards, Yeah, yes. which... 
a lot of I think half the other teams in the league would take the start well, that they yeah, have. Yeah. Which I I understand you I I know I've talked to you about it. The Yankees are either World Series or, or bust. bust. Yeah, that's and, how it and is. I completely understand that because of the history that they've had. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to like how they've kind of carefully in those in the 1910s, 1920s, 30s. No, 40s. even before. Well, no, I'm saying like that's when I feel well, like the, the Yankees with Babe Ruth and with, No, even even Or you're talking before it was that. Way after that. Well, the Yankees started uh didn't start winning until Babe Ruth and it wasn't until 1923. Yeah. He had been on the team for like 4 years at that point. Yeah. But the point is Which um, would which they also, didn't start this winning atmosphere until George Steinbrenner uh, George Steinbrenner came in. Yeah. Which is in the 1970s. He bought he bought the team... But they were winning back then. I mean, it they wasn't... They were winning, the, but it wasn't, like, the culture. Yeah, or the dominance he that they kind of yeah, had. Yeah, like, like, it wasn't, like, they were good. Yeah. And But, like, if, like, they made it farther than they expected, it was still, like, oh, okay, you know, that's a good season. But when George Steinberg came in, it was, like... Because he was nice. Like like I said last time, he's a, he was a very good guy. He, yeah. like, he... Like, there's many stories about him. Like, um, there was a ball boy or a bat boy for the Yankees who met George Steinbrenner, and he was in a bad position, met George Steinbrenner, and George Steinbrenner got him a job as a bat boy with the Yankees. And, like, George Steinbrenner took care of his people. But he expected, like, winners. Well, yeah. And like, that, even and if you weren't winning, yeah. like, he wasn't he wasn't going to just say, get the hell out of here. And, you know, like, he wasn't going to dump you. He, like, he, he, was, he was fair. Yeah, but, but in was, that same vein, I mean, anyone's you know anyone wants to instill a culture of winning, and anyone wants to you know put their there, team there, in the there, best position. I, there's a difference between a winning culture and like the success-driven culture that the Yankees have. Well, a lot of if you look through history at some of the dynasties and how the dynasties were built, there are coaches, uh, there are players that will be like, yeah, we won so many, we won so many championships. I didn't really have a fun time doing it and I think well, that I think there's there's a, a very careful balance that you need to have as an owner as a, as a GM as a whatever whatever position they're at on the totem pole where you want you want to have players that you know obviously want to win you want that culture but you also want to have a good environment like, yeah, where you yeah, can thrive. It, with the Yankees it wasn't like it didn't feel like it was like you we win or like you you were having fun while winning yeah, well, like with the Yankees, it wasn't that Steinbrenner didn't have the organization in a position where if you lost, like you were scared of your job, and like when the Yankees didn't win, yeah, it was a disappointment. But they get back on their horse and they, you know, pers- like immediately start looking for the next championship. Well, I, I have a, I have a good question for you, and not to, not to cut you off if you were going to continue. Oh wow! Before you get that question, yeah, go for it. We, I just got breaking news. Ooh. About a trade that has gone down in, in the NFL. Ooh. So this is live reporting, folks. Uh, the Giants to acquire cornerback Josh Jackson from the Green Bay Packers for cornerback Isaac Yidom. Uh Rob Demervesky, the ESPN name with, uh, or the ESPN beat writer for the Packers. Okay. Well, not exactly a big one, but no, I, ha- I have I have a big, uh, not a big trans. No, what was a your big question? Signing. Well, before I do that, okay. um, I don't know if you knew about this. Jamal Adams signed a four-year, $70 million extension. 
becoming oh, the high, becoming the highest paid safety in the NFL. But I know going, he was looking for it. Yeah, definitely. But going back to my question, and th- this is from you as a Yankees fan. Okay. Do you think that George Steinbrenner would have been maybe the word wrong word to use is as patient as he was if he hadn't had the success that the Yankees had during his tenure? Well, Steinbrenner, when he at least came to his managers, yeah, he was very patient. Yeah, and this is the thing: I he mean, has a lot of a of, lot of GMs, a lot of a lot of owners. Yeah, won't tolerate like you can have a fun, you can have a good atmosphere. Obviously, winning kind of masks some of the the feelings of like, oh, we didn't win. Like maybe this is this team is, or yeah. this culture is not good, but we're winning, so let's we can overlook some of these things. I mean, a lot of when it came to the Yankees, a lot of the bad news around it, or yeah. at least like you know those those rumors of the hot seats. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was press driven. Like mm-hmm. when it came to the Yankees, well, being in the biggest market in the, in North America. Oh yeah, the New York market. Every everybody in sports says the New York market is completely different. Yeah. Um, well, there's New York, there's L A. I'm not saying is the biggest, but it definitely no, it's not even from a biggest, but it's ruthless. Yeah. Like the new, like everybody says, the lights in New York are shining brighter. Absolutely. Uh, and but, some players can't handle that. Oh, no. Somebody, yeah, like Randy Johnson was one of them. And also some, there are a lot of players that you hear about, they were like, I don't want to play in New York because. Yeah. Cole Hamels was one of them. Yeah. He didn't want to play here in New York. Uh, Matt Scherzinger was another one. He didn't want to play in New York because it's very stressful if yeah. you cannot handle it. And that goes for all I feel like you need, you need, uh, playing in New York as a player, I feel like you need this confidence you need the swagger you need you need you need to have need for ability. lack of a better term the eggs you need <laughs> you need the eggs to, I mean, to deal need, with scrutiny and criticism you need to the um the ability to tune out yeah you need to be able to tune out the press the fans because mm-hmm. you know fans are going to just rile you on twitter yeah. should something happen absolutely um but and, is... and I think that in, in sports in general, being in this market, owners, they hear what's being said about the what the job it's they're doing. It's a lot. And easier. you kind of make, I feel like there are knee-jerk reactions that, looking back, were the there absolute wrong move to make. Uh, I mean, we could go over a recent example and say the whole New York Ranger franchise. Yeah. Uh, Tom Wilson, that's a knee-jerk reaction to Absolutely. what... I remember the when I heard about that, I was like, response. I was like, so Tom Wilson gets no, not even that. I'm talking well, no, about no, no, I'm saying the like franchise's would... response to yeah. like the the letter and then the immediate firing of the coach and Absolutely. the uh, the general manager and then all of these moves that they made in the offseason mm-hmm. was just one knee jerk reaction yeah. to Tom uh, Tom Wilson. Well, what I'm saying it's like you look at the scale from what happened, how the the yeah. capital repercussions versus the Rangers repercussions, and it doesn't even. No, it doesn't match up. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying yeah. the what happened to the Rangers is more than the fine. Yeah. Like I really think they I don't think they're going to be good this year because I feel like unless Panarin has, you know, his MVP level season, I feel he's capable he of is it. Capable he, of it. He's no, capable. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he's capable of it. But he are he's capable of it. But what I'm saying is if he doesn't get to that level, mm-hmm. There's not enough score on that team. So they got to hope that they score one or two goals and just shut out the other team. Because like they made a lot of moves that are very 
physical and defensive minded. Yeah, they they not did not so really much, load up. Yeah, load up, and especially they traded away one of their best uh, forwards. You're talking about uh, uh, Butchnevich. Yeah, to the, for I don't think it was. Uh, well, they got Sammy Blay, which I I would say is not I, exactly. It's, just a throwaway it's minor uneven, pick. but yeah, they got a pick with that. I think. I think it was like a third round pick, second or third, something like that. But, but the it, point is, like, that's not you don't want to trade because anybody could have gotten him for yeah. that that little. Oh, absolutely, and and but like going back to what I was saying, the New York market just being in this market. And then you look at like a smaller market, and it, it like feels, a Green Bay or yeah. a um, like look at San Antonio. Yeah, it had Pop, Greg Pop, for how many years? Almost twenty years now. Yeah. Um, they had the big, their big three: Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan Tony Parker, Tony and Parker, um, Milo Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. Manu, Manu. I don't know why I said Milo, but yeah, they had that big three for at least a good ten to fifteen years, yeah. and they weren't even. There were times where they weren't. The San Antonio Spurs that everybody knew them as the dynasty. They were just good, and but it wasn't like. Well, like, I think it, it kind of plays in some teams' favors, uh, f- like flying under the radar. Yeah, because you, you're, it's it takes a certain type of culture. It takes a certain type of leader to basically look at his team and be like, I like in a big market to be like, I know what they're saying outside these walls, but we need yeah. to stay together inside these walls, or we're gonna fall apart. I mean, that really can go for any market, Absolutely. any city. But I'm saying, like like you said, in New it's, York, it is the light shines the brightest. Yeah, it is easier. Like, there's a lot of things that can happen, especially with the New Because the New York media is going to be relentless yeah. in there. Like, one of the uh, most uh, infamous guys. And I think a, living in this market, we see all of it. I, I, yeah. I'm not saying this doesn't happen in other markets, but I feel like living as close as we do, we see and we hear all of this. And we yeah. hear... Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, to us, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Like, you go to another town and it's just like, if I were to be a, uh, an athlete and mm-hmm. I would go to another town, yep. even L.A., like it would not be as bad as New York. L.A., they get pretty the bad with their... <laughs> not. I don't think they get as bad as like maybe a Chicago or Philly. No. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying, like, if you, like, like Frank Sinatra said, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. And that's, I, I, I truly agree with that statement because of, because, you know, New York, not even just in sports, but, like, realistically, New York is the epicenter of... The financial um, world. So many things. I yeah, mean, not even just finance, but, like, it's it's insane. The um, You know, it's the city that never sleeps, which yeah. it truly is. There's only one city that I could think of that doesn't really turn off, but in a sense, it kind of does. Yeah. Uh, is Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo's another big one. Tokyo I mean, Tokyo is, like, a very big city that's also very financial driven, but that's the only th- city that it comes to my mind comparing to, like, New York when it comes to... That it never shuts off. Like, New York never shuts off. Yeah. I remember I was um, coming home from a wrestling show in New York. Mm. And it was close to 1 a.m. And the city was just as alive as it was at, like, 3 or 4 o'clock. Yeah. And it, it's... it Because I remember I was... Another similar... I was walking in Times Square at, like, 2 a.m. And someone was proposing to someone else at 2 a.m. In the yeah. middle of a huge crowd of people right in Times yeah, Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was... I'm just like, of course, of course, it's in New York, and yeah. this is happening. But um, going back to what we were talking about with the with the field of dreams, 
Um, this is like the fifth time we circle back to that. That is absolutely true. I mean, that game, it, it seemed like it was just written to be a story because well, it yeah, was we were going seven to, to three, yeah. going into like the top of the ninth, and with like two strikes, two outs, Stan hit a three-run home run to put the Yankees up eight to seven, and then obviously in the the Yankees doing what they do best in the bottom of the ninth, just giving up a two-run home run to lose the game. Yep, spoken like a true Yankees fan. Either, yeah. either the world is falling or all around you, or we're gonna win the World Series. Yeah, no, yeah, that's how, that's usually how it is as a Yankee fan. But I would like to, if we can, shift attention strictly towards the NFL. Yes. Because obviously, at, at the time of recording. Um, you mentioned the the Giants and the Packers trade, Made which a trade. realistically is very small on the scale yeah. of trades. But we are in the midst of the preseason. And, yes, the first week of the preseason. And there have been a couple big moves. I mean, as far as publicity, one of the biggest moves is uh, Tim Tebow, the the the, the, the story co- that keeps on restarting and ending. Yep. Finally ends again. The um, converted. Quarterback to tight end from Florida. Don't going, forget the convert. So he was a converted quarterback to a baseball player, back to a um, a tight end. He was probably just going to go back to ESPN, go right back to his college football uh, analyst job. Which I think he should have never. He should have never no, left. No, he should have never left. But he is now officially cut by the Jaguars, which it kind of. I feel like, and and I feel like a lot of people. If you ask this, and if you if you kind of listen to sports analysts, um, he only got this chance because obviously Urban Meyer, who is the new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, picked him up. You know, kind of doing a favor for him, like seeing yeah, what I he mean, could he do. He is built like a tight end, but he is. But he, when was the last time he played professional organized football? You know, well, and that, but that doesn't necessarily mean failure. And I no, think it doesn't, but it's not like Antonio Brown missed like maybe a year. But it's one thing to come back for a couple years and play the same position. Yeah. It's another thing to be like, you know what, I'm going to try my hand at this and see what we're going to do with this. And I think I, I remember uh, I watched some of the plays where he was in a tight end and, and the blocking schemes that he was supposed well, to pick up. I, and I he really did not look. He so looked out of place completely. There was an infamous uh, block that he yeah. made. Everybody was like, oh, my God, look at Tim Tebow. He can't block right. Yeah. And then somebody posted on Twitter. They were like, oh, they were talking about Tim Tebow. This is the very next play. And it's the entire Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line pretty much just letting Cleveland walk right on through. So I don't think Tim Tebow is truly or not truly, but like fully at fault for their blocking issues. Yeah. It looks like it's a team problem. Well, you look back last year at Jacksonville and the team that they were and the team that they weren't, and realistically, they are a far cry from 2017 when they were Saxonville, when they when they were a One, playoff contender. They were, what, a couple plays away from the uh, the Super Bowl. They lost realistically, the, yeah. they should have won that game, but that's, that's neither here. Well, Blake Bortles at the time shrunk more than any other quarterback I've ever seen shrink in that position. There is a, there is a number of names. Tim Tebow yep. is one. Uh, maybe a, another one. Like, Tim Tebow, ha, like, what if he never left Denver? Would he, like, still have gone on for the success he ha, had he had? Would he have had that drop-off 
that he eventually did with the Jets. Well, I feel like, and this is just me, the Jets never even gave him a shot. He never no. really got a start, and I feel like the Jets could not have gotten much worse than Tim Tebow at quarterback at that time. And I feel like not giving because they still had Mark Sanchez, I believe. Well, he was he was he was at the twilight of his. You know, it, tw- it was it was yeah. a long it was a far cry from his two thousand nine two thousand ten seasons where he led them to back to back AFC Championship games. Yeah, but it seemed like Tim Tebow, rightfully or wrongfully, um, because of the publicity that he drew with him because of the player and the person he was um i don't think the jets wanted to give him a chance i don't think he ever ever actually got a fair shake at another uh starting quarterback job not saying he was you know good enough to be a starting quarterback but i feel like you never really saw him get that chance that he may or may not have deserved at the time i think when you saw when you when he left uh the jets like I think it was pretty obvious he probably wasn't going to be a starter again. Yep. Because he was not, like, in his pre... He didn't do enough in the preseason Mm -hmm. to say, hey, start me over a Mark Sanchez, over a... um, I forgot who else they had at the time. Because this is, like, years before Sam Darnold. Yep. Um, Speaking about another quarterback, I don't think they should have traded Sam Darnold. I think think they should have. I think they should have been... For this specific reason, if they weren't going to fire Adam Gase, they have now. Yeah. Adam Gase, I feel like, did not... And and I think Adam Gase went on record saying that he did not fully commit to developing Sam Darnold as a quarterback. I mean, you could say that with the Jets for how many years? Yeah, but I think that he's in a better... He's in a better situation strictly because he is not with Adam Gase anymore. No. And he's in Carolina... Uh, hopefully he does good down there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I never really believed in him as a starting quarterback, but oh, if, I did, I did. If he can, if he can do it, if he can make it there, Anybody good for can. him. <laughs> I mean, Carolina is not a bad team. They're young. They definitely have some uh, some weaknesses. It, it depends on I mean, the thing with uh, Carolina is it all depends on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Can he come back to that top level? He cost me. A fantasy football championship last well, year. Well, we're going to see how this year goes with fantasy football. Which, Hopefully. Yeah, oh, well, last year I had horrible problems. Absolutely. I had Christian McCaffrey, Devontae Adams missed some games. I had uh, yeah. I had Dak Prescott. That ex- Oh, that was like the downfall of my well, career. I was the champion at the time. Your problem was drafting Dak Prescott and expecting him to be. Oh, he was playing at MVP levels. No, no, no. He was playing at MVP levels because his team was always down, so he had to throw all the time. His team wasn't doing good. For fantasy, he was good. Yeah, fantasy. Oh, yeah, I agree. But, like, I, you know, there's fantasy quarterbacks that, like, I always used to try to get Matthew Stafford because he was usually good for about 4,500 yards and a lot. I mean, he threw his picks. Early on. As far as stats, you couldn't, there weren't many quarterbacks that were head and shoulders above him in fantasy football. But one thing I want to, I do want to say is kind of looking at some of the um, impacts of the rookies on, you know, teams uh, on on fantasy football, which is always you know a fun. It's always a fun talking point to have. Yes. When you when you look at like the impact of trades or like rookies coming into a team and seeing like kind of what you're expecting as far as fantasy football um, projections. So like I look at some of the some of the teams that are going to be you know supremely affected by rookies coming in, um, 
you know, you look at going back to the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, I like the situation he's in. I like the fact that he's with a college coach that kind of under, not that he was coaching at Clemson at the time, but I feel like the transition, I can appreciate what Jacksonville did. They tried to make him as comfortable as possible. Yeah. Bringing in Travis Etienne, his running back from college, which I like the move. I don't like the way that they're referring to what they're going to do with Travis Etienne because they have James Robinson who just came off of a big season, but it seems like they want to do, they brought, they drafted Travis Etienne and the way they talked about him was he was going to be a third down running back. I'm excited to see um, how, now I know this is not a rookie, but well, technically he's a rookie head coach. I'm excited to see how uh, Urban Meyer is going to do because he's been one of the more successful. He's probably been the second most successful college coach in the last 20 years, uh, obviously behind Nick Saban. Yeah. And see him make the jump up to the NFL. Could he be better than Nick Saban? Well, as far as him being in the NFL, I think... Uh, when it comes to bar, yeah, NFL success, it's a very low bar. bar. But I definitely think that some of the... I feel like, and we go back to when we were talking about not drafting a first round, um, a, a running back in the first round. Yeah. They drafted Travis Etienne, and the way that they're talking about it, they drafted a first round pick. And I think, I, yeah. I say this, and I, I think it's a relatively safe thing to say, and I think it's a smart thing to say. If you're going to draft a player in the first round, you want them starting day one, and you want them to contribute and make a big contribution as a first-round pick. Yeah. Especially like, a first-round running back. And when it comes to fantasy rankings, the two names that I always see as at least top 20 picks. Yeah. Najee Harris from Pittsburgh and uh, Jamar Chase. Well, I feel like Najee Harris is going to have a better... I think he's the safer pick out yeah. of those two as far as, like, if you had to pick. I know that they're playing two different positions with... Jamar Chase playing uh, well, wide receiver. Well, because, yeah, the thing is, especially with fantasy football, you tend to go with the running backs a little bit more in those early rounds. Well, I even I even would like to separate the fact that they're different positions and just talk about the situations as far as the offense. While Pittsburgh did take a step back with their, with their offensive line, and Ben is not the player he used to be, Najee Harris can still run. Yeah. Jamar Chase unless you can get the ball in his hands, can't do anything. And that's where I look at Joe. You have Joe Burrow coming back from a major knee injury, which yeah, yeah, yeah. he may not be the same player. And on top of that, you haven't built the line. You haven't reinforced yeah, the offensive line. He's going to die again. He's gonna, and if you can't, if he doesn't get the time to throw the ball to Jamar Chase, it doesn't yeah. matter the no, fact that he's a, he's a top five. That was receiver. like, especially like when you go back to the Packers, like, you know, it was like 2015, 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter, Aaron Rodgers could literally pull the Super Bowl trophy out of his butt. Yeah. And it still wouldn't matter because he was being, he was the most highly, he was the highly sacked. He was most the most sacked. Most sacked. That, yeah, I was going to say most highly sacked for some reason, but he was the most sacked quarterback yeah. during those years. Oh yeah, he didn't have a but but Aaron Rodgers number one had a couple of years to develop behind Brett Favre. I'm not saying that that was the right or wrong. I think I think it was the right decision. I think it was the right thing to do, and we can agree to disagree on the fact that it seems like the Packers tried doing the same thing with Jordan Love. It seems like it's a similar situation where they drafted 
a first round it's quarterback. not no people think it's that oh Rodgers was mad about the draft pick he's gone on right no, 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 but I'm saying like to say he wasn't mad about the draft pick it was that he feels like he doesn't have a voice well but I'm not even saying about I I wasn't gonna get into that 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 we've already had a talk I, off it, record about it doesn't that. even matter what about I'm saying that. Is I'm just want to put that yeah, as a PSA but drafting you know I go back to drafting the first round you want a contributor that's going to start day one, and it's going to contribute right away. While Rodgers has made, he's made up for the fact that he didn't start his rookie year, and I I would argue that he has been the most impactful first round pick from that draft class from the oh without a doubt. Uh, but I would say this, I would say that a later first round draft pick doesn't have that expectation to start immediately. No. Compare it to like a top 15 pick. But I do stand by my feeling that a first round draft pick should be a day one contributor. But in doing in saying that, I feel like they kind of did not the same thing, but similar to what they did with Aaron Rodgers replacing Brett Favre. I think that drafting Jordan Love late in the first round to obviously, I assume that they are dra- they draft him there because he's going to replace Aaron Rodgers whenever. Rogers leaves, retires. I don't like to whatever. say the word replaced. I say, I, I mean, like he's going to take over for when Aaron decides to. We're gonna we're gonna PC away. culture this thing up. We don't we don't want to well, hurt no. anyone's feelings. No, I'm kidding. I'm saying that because like when you say replace, it sounds like you're getting rid of Rogers, and this is not. No, no, no. If anything, Rogers is gonna be the one. To yeah, get everybody rid of the said it. Like everybody is, is said like it, yeah. at least within the Packers organization. Mm-hmm. It's up to Aaron. Yeah, it's all up to Aaron. And honestly, it it's going to have a big impact. I mean, they they were talking. They drafted Jordan Love, and then Rodgers basically says, "Watch this," and has an MVP season. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he still showed he can be the guy under center. I mean, I think it was it was not so much of showing you know the brass that like because he had a bad season. People, oh yeah, right before when it came to his yeah. standards, right, right before the Jordan Love draft, yeah, when it up to Roger standards, he had pretty much an abysmal season. Mm-hmm. So he was really just trying to justify himself yeah. to show himself that he can still play, and obviously he came back in a big time. And honestly, I feel like the Packers should have won, should have been in the Super Bowl this year. With how he played, I think we talked about this on a previous yeah. podcast. What happened? But but I mean, like like yeah. when it came to like 2019, even as bad as Rodgers was playing, we still got to the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. and even though we kind of got blown out for most of the game, yeah. it was like I was happy to I would say, hey, if we made it to the NFC Championship game, especially mm-hmm. the same thing in uh, 2016. That was the year the relax the R E L A X. Because I remember that, too. Yeah. We went to, quick side story, me and my family went to a Packer game. Oh, uh, uh, RFK? Down at, yeah. No, not at RFK, at FedEx Field. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was against the Washington football team. Sorry, RFK was the stadium before they yes. FedEx. Good going. So, we, you know, we went to a game down there. And the Packers, it was, it was a Sunday nighter, and it was kind of competitive. For yep. most of the game, up until like that fourth quarter, and then Washington started to pull away. Mm-hmm. And the infamous out of that game, that specific game, the infamous comments from Aaron Rodgers was, 
calm down, relax. It's time to run the table. And they did that. They didn't lose again until the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And it, it just kind of seems like you have Rodgers in the situation where I don't want to, I don't want to, not saying I, I don't want to talk about the Packers and everything, but there are 31 other teams there are uh, 30 to other look other at. Teams. But I would like to put. But a, there isn't any, like, especially if you look at the media, there isn't as, like, such a newsworthy team to talk about other than with the situation with. Rodgers and the Packers. Well, I mean, definitely uh, Tim Tebow with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, no, definitely... no. <laughs> like, Tim Tebow, it was just like a nice little, oh, hey, he's doing it again. Remember him from 2007? Like, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. like, he almost got national news. But specifically referring to quarterbacks, there are some quarterback um, competitions that I would like to kind of I, touch on. Okay, I, I'm going to bring up the first one. I think Fields. In oh, Chicago, the yeah, yeah, I think he's gonna start. I don't think, like, you would want Dalton to start because he's a little more experienced. Yeah. Maybe give some time to Fields, but Fields shown he could play. I feel like so with me, um, a lot of times you have these rookie quarterbacks come in. I know he was drafted early. I think it was tenth or eleventh by the Bears. Yeah, and it was a drop too. They he supposedly was dropped. Yeah. To them. There was there was a part of me because he was going to be the second or third bet. Like either the Jets were going to take him or he was going to fall to another. Oh no! Team I had the I had the like I when at least when I projected like because one of the, my favorite things to do before the draft when it comes to the NFL is they have this thing called to predict the pick. Yeah. And you get to pretty much predict every first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the top three right. It was the the. Oh yeah, Zach. Zach Wilson going to the Jets, and then yep. the third pick was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, not was another quarterback. Oh, Trey Lance to the Trey no, Lance. was he third or fourth? I don't think he was drafted. Wait, um, who were the, the quarterbacks that were drafted? So it was it was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, yep. Trey Lance. Then it was Justin Fields, Trey and Lance then Matt was, Jones. Trey Lance was the North Dakota, right? North Dakota State, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was uh, San Francisco. That's what it was. Yeah, so it was Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac Jones. Well, Mac was Jones a, was drafted like twenty eight. He, he was, was drafted a, by the, the yeah, it was a the evil league. empire. Um, not so much evil anymore. It was only I think it was Tom Brady that made them evil. Obviously, we could tell like once I mean, Tom Brady Rouse, leaves, they just took a nosedive. I think they're gonna be. A, a playoff team this year. If Mac Jones plays, I they can e- they can compete for a wild card. I think Buffalo is a little too stacked. I think Buffalo is going to take the division again. Oh this no, year. no, they're going to get a wild card, and especially now Patriots that there are seven teams. Card. Yeah, I I'd like to just not that it matters too much what I think. I feel like it's dumb that they expanded the playoff field. But what's the like? You might as well just have eight teams from each conference. See. I think any the NFL would work with eight teams in each conference because I just feel like if you're going to expand, go to eight. Just go to eight. Every there's no bye week. You have the one play the eight. The well, two what I seven. I would say would you do it right? First off, I'd say go back to sixteen games. I don't think we should have seventeen regular season games. Yeah. Um. What I would also do is maybe push back the playoffs a, a week, and everybody gets a bye week because. Then it would consist of, or maybe just do. Well, here's the problem: if you expand the playoff field. Well, no. Explain if you expand it to eighteen or, or eight, 16, 8 per conference. Push it back. I don't think you push, push it back, back then. 
No, I think if get they kept it the same, you should just give it. I don't know. I'm saying give everybody a bye week so they can, everybody can rest up. I don't care. Because uh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of of let's take a week off. Um, I personally don't even like when they do it for the Super Bowl. I know they do it for like the um, because because that used to well be they a do thing. it for the for like the the Pro Bowl because that press used and to everything. be well no that used to be the thing is that the in between week between the Super Bowl and the conference championships was the Pro Bowl yeah and that would be your you know your little um, little taste of NFL football although obviously the Pro Bowl has never been like a full like 100% game like everybody Well that's how it is for all it. all I feel like all um pro like the basically one, all-star games The only one that I noticed that they go like kind of full out for is the MLB All-Star game and that actually for a while that actually was the only All-Star game that had serious implications Well I would I would like to say that I feel like the reason it is because if you look at the other Three sports, the main sports. Well, no, baseball was the only one that actually had serious implications because the winner of the All Star game would get home field advantage in the World Series. In, okay, so take that away, but I feel like no, no, they did, they did. Well, no, 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 I'm, I'm just saying in general. I feel like the reason you saw them go all out in baseball compared to the other three is because the other three are contact sports. It's fair. Like, who wants? No one wants to get hurt playing an all-star game. Basically, Baseball is technically a no, contact sport because there are situations where you could just run full speed into each other. Well, no, 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 I, I, but but you see that in a lot of all-star games, defense goes out the window. It's just yeah, it's yeah. Just, it, everyone's just running around, just catching. You know, it's it's I mean, a don't very get me wrong. Baseball, they still go all out. Yeah, but they still have fun. Yeah, but like in the other sports, I feel like it. There's, you you've watched the the All Star games, the Pro Bowl, the yeah. everything. Oh, I don't watch. Uh, I don't. Watch they're the just doing. They're having fun out there. They're yeah. not competing. I feel like the in baseball I, they do compete. The more. one thing I like more than the All Star game or the, like the skills competitions, like with NHL, they have that whole. It's a whole like three hour thing with skills comp. Yeah. Like, you know, like a shootout. I feel like it's superfluous. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that word means. I'm the dummy. Extra, just extra, just like it's like it's like putting whipped cream on top. Well, no, because it's usually before. It's usually the night before. No, no, no but I'm saying like it's it's unnecessary. Because it, it's like it's a just like it's just like okay, they're doing skills just to do it. But like a lot of people like it because it's like you get to see uh, like the crazy shootout things. One of the, the top thing like with basketball, there is uh, theirs is the sl- uh, slam dunk contest. Yeah. Baseball, you have the home run derby. Hockey, it's the hardest shot. Yeah. Everybody comes out to go see those yeah. because those are like really like you get to see things that you because it's like a nice time. It's like a nice. It's just event. friendly competition. Yeah, it's, it's not a like a competition that, yeah. that everybody gets to have fun and yeah. we get to see some like maybe you know somebody actually does something that's insane. Like, how many, like how many dunk contests have we had dunks that get talked about for a while? Like we're still talking about the Vince Carter dunk from two thousand. Yeah, I, there was one dunk I remember I saw a couple of years back. Um, someone used a drone, so he'd run up and the drone would drop the ball wow. to him, and he would like catch it in midair and dunk. It was like a weird like, or it like went between his legs or something. I just remember seeing a drone. 
basically someone yeah. controlled it and they would drop the ball. That was my favorite point. thing to do in like the basketball games, uh, NBA Live. Use a drone and drop a ball to your players. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the Obama uh, basketball drone. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but getting less political. Um, back in the NBA Live games, like specifically like '05 and '06, yeah. that's when they started. To in- they first introduced the dunk contest. Yeah. And back then, I used to always know how to, like, break the dunk contest mm. to where you get, like, a pretty much a perfect score every time. And it was just one move that it was it was through the legs, and then, like, you dunk. Yeah. And, like, I think it was, like, you do a 360 in the air, and you get, like, pretty much a perfect score every time. And, oh, that, those games were so much fun. And uh, the three-point shootouts, those would be fun. Yeah. I, I, I remember I was playing uh, 2K20 the other day. See, the 2K... They did it. They're they're not the same because like with basketball, it was just like, um, it, it was I could compare it to like doing Tony Hawk. Yeah. And like oh, you pressed a button combination to do a certain trick. Yeah. With the two K, it was pretty much a quick time event. Yeah. But yeah, Tony Hawk. They came out not that long ago with the the remastered version of the first two games, and the, the, oh, those are fun. Oh, absolutely. Those are fun. I, I remember playing uh, Pro Skater 3 and 4 on the GameCube. Oh, my favorites, the first two my favorites were Underground 2. Underground 2 was good. And then Project 8. I, I loved, loved In Underground 2, I loved doing the uh, the tagging. Yes, with the, yes. Yeah, you would just tag everything you could. Uh, well, no, what we would do, uh, so the thing was, it was a game mode called Graffiti. Yeah. And it was... The whole like map, mm-hmm. and and everything do, you grind on would turn you would red do a or trick. blue, or oh, yeah, right, it would yeah. go red or blue. And yeah. the, in order to gain that piece or like steal a piece you from have another to player, to move. no, you had to do a better move. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like I could just grind on it. Speak about skateboarding, that was the first time in the Olympics history. Yeah, they actually had skateboarding in the Olympics, and. Uh, it just reminds me. I watched me, some of it. I didn't. I didn't really. I, watch I couldn't too much. watch it because it was like Olympic style. Like I remember back in the day, like one of the things, my two favorite things to do during the summer, or at least to watch, was the home run derby, mm-hmm. and then the X Games. I always watched the X Games because the two things that I always would love, well, hell, the only thing that I would love is the um, the big airs. Yeah. The the mega ramps. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh yeah yeah. Those things, like, just to see people do those. And, like, I remember, like, that was the one year that uh, Tony Hawk did the 900. Mm-hmm. I think it was either before or after run. At the X Games this year, they had it more, it was, I think it was, like, a bubble X Games. And there was a 12-year-old kid. And he did a 1080. A 1080, a 1080 on a skateboard. That's, like, I think that's three f- rotations. Three full rotations. So a 360 is a full one full rotation. So it would 720 be, would be, be two. Three. Yeah, three. Yeah. So yeah. math, math, math is fun. Yeah. <laughs> math is fun until you get to pre-calculus. Yes. I could tell. I could tell you that from firsthand experience. I remember taking pre-calc and calc. But I think I would like to finish up this podcast. Yes. Going back to football. To be so bold. Okay. We predict the playoff picture. We predict all seven. Positions um, from... Do we want to do early? Oh, yeah. Okay. Way too early. Way too so early. Way too early. Like, okay. Too... No. The the kind of early, but not way too early. Yeah. Personally, I haven't watched a lot of the preseason games, so I don't There's really know. There's only been one weekend, so yeah. you're not really missing much. Um, I think that we go division leaders, and then we can fill in the last Well, I say part. let's go one through four. 
Let's just do one through four, and then the three wild cards. That's that's what I just said. <laughs> well, you know, you said the division when you didn't do worry. the divisions first. It, uh, we're just going one through four. Okay, one so four. which conference do you want to start in? I would like to. Um, let's just start AFC and NFC North. Let's just okay. go with the North first. Well, no. Uh, all right. I mean, we all can right, flip a coin it. on it if you really want to. So the AFC and the NFC North. NFC let's, North. Let's go AFC. First. Okay, AFC first. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cleveland. I think this is their year. Oh, you're going Cleveland. I think the only like the wild card is Levar or uh, yeah, Levar uh, Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Lamar. I'm horrible with names. We're doing people. just the division leaders first. Let me let me say. Yeah, my no, no. Pick. I'm okay. saying he's the wild card. If he could play to that MVP level, I do feel like the Baltimore can win the division. Oh, okay. But there's just there's just like this thing that I feel like he's going to play good, but not that top tier level. So I feel like the safer pick is to go Cleveland. I'm going Ravens for the division. Ravens, okay. Unfortunately. As yep. you know, I am a at, for, for all those viewers out there. I am a Steelers fan, but I I can't deny the the dumpster well, fire that my on, team yeah. has been, and the Ravens are a better built team right now than I think the Browns, and by There's proxy only... than the Steelers. So let's go NFC North, which NFC I know North, this is a pretty. I feel like this is it, a it's pretty dunk. easy. See, had Rodgers not come back, this would have been a very toss up uh, division. I would have given with... it to the Bears. With Rodgers, it's easily Rodgers. Or it's easily the Packers. That's why I I didn't think there was much of a debate here. Um, Let's go go AFC East. AFC East. Um, As of right now, yeah, there's nothing that makes me want to choose against the Bills. Um, Um, I feel like New England can compete for a wild card. I don't think... I don't think anybody in that division can compete with the Bills to win it. I'm going to go, I, I want to say Bills, but there's always the part of me where, while a lot of people debate that Brady was most of the dynasty, you can't count out Bill Belichick no, you as can't. a coach. And I feel like if Mac Jones gets going, I feel like they could, could. And I'm going to, I don't, just because I know like the Bills are the safe pick, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Patriots are going to steal the division in week 17. I don't know what the schedule is exactly, <laughs> but I feel like the Patriots are going to steal the division out from under the Bills. So the NFC East. NFC East. This is going to yeah, be This one, one is just, to me, this one relies on Dak Prescott. This is Washington for me. Um, this is Washington. I, I feel like Washington has gotten better. The, the quarterback position is the real wild card here. I'm going to go Cowboys because I feel like Dak Prescott, he's going to come back, and I feel like he's going to really – like Mike McCarthy has that – like I feel like that second year – like Mike McCarthy knows how to have that relationship with your quarterback. Yeah. Although that last year in Green Bay really like destroyed it. So spoiler warning for all those – I think the Cowboys are going to be the third best team in the NFC East behind the Giants, but that's just me going out on a limb. Yeah. Sorry for all the Cowboys fans that I know, but so now let's go AFC West. AFC West. This one's going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be as fun as you think. Um, there's nothing that says so, uh, there's nothing that 
Just like with the NFC or the AFC East, there's nothing that makes me want to pick against the Chiefs. That's accurate. Sorry. My statement meant to be, this is going to be fun because the Chargers, I feel like, are on the rise. They're on the rise, but they're not there yet. Uh, the Broncos are a good quarterback away from competing. The Chargers are a year or two away from... With the from, NFL, really, you need a good quarterback No, I know, but that I feel like they're, that's the, their defense, I feel like, is as good as it can be at this point. And I feel like the skill position players, I feel like you have the pieces around... You just don't have the consistent quarterback play. But I would say, obviously, I agree, the Chiefs are going to take that division. Now, to the NFC West, which I feel like is going to be a... This is going to be a toss-up. For me, it's a bit more of a toss-up also. I'm going to say the Rams. They got Matthew Stafford. They upgraded at quarterback. They still have the defense they had last year. They do have a defense. Um, I I think they're the most complete team right now. A quarterback... The best quarterback in that division is... Russell Wilson. Mm. Um, but you know what? I disagree, but that's just me. I'm going to make... This is going to be my bold prediction. You had a bold prediction with the Patriots? You're going to say 49ers. I'm going to say Arizona Cardinals. Ugh. I feel like they're the team that most improved this offseason. Kyle Murray played really out of his mind last year. I, I disagree, but that's just me. Sorry, I go on, feel go on. like I feel like Kyle... If Kyle... Uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray... I, I want to say Kylie for some reason. I don't know why. Kylie Jenner. We, we know. Or no, Kylie Jenner. Ray. Or Kylie. You don't know her, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> I um, assume a wrestler. Yes. Of course. One of, like, she was, like, very smiley. Her, her smile was infectious. Anyway. <laughs> the most infectious. No, I'm kidding. Yes. <laughs> but I believe if Kyler can play to the level that he did last year, I feel like the Arizona Cardinals are going to win it by a game. This is going to be a very close division. This is going to be a better division than it has been in the last couple of years. I do feel like Arizona is going to edge out in front. I personally think the Cardinals are the weakest team in that division. To Um, me, the weakest team in that division is San Francisco. Okay. Interesting. I mean... They they lost uh, so San Francisco. I think had you're a overlooking the. Well, I think you're year. overlooking, and that goes back. The Niners were injury ridden up and down they their were. roster, they so were. it's a lot. It's hard for me to uh, assume that with everyone coming back, that they are going to be the worst thing that. The reason why I say that division is going to be very close is because I believe specifically with that division, everybody's. The only reason I, there's going to be a team under 500 in that division is because the the competition in that division is so close. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to see, when you look at, like, versus division schedules, you're probably going to see a lot of 3-3s, three maybe some 4-2s, maybe some 2-4s. Okay. Now to the, I feel like, the most intriguing division in this upcoming season, the AFC South. This is going to be a very uh, sleeper seat or a sleeper division. I don't feel like anybody in that division, like the AFC South, is probably the biggest division where or the most uh, prolific uh, division where nobody looks like a contender, but nobody looks. I mean, uh, the I, Titans, I shouldn't say that. The Titans, I feel like nobody looks like a contender. Everybody except for the Texans don't look like a dumpster fire. So. I, I like to say that this division, as far as the quarterback position for three of the four teams, 
are in flux. The Texans, with what hap- what's going on with Deshaun Watson, um, we, we still don't have a definitive answer on what's going to happen. The Colts bringing in Carson Wentz and trying to repair him, and Trevor Lawrence coming in rookie. Other than that, the Titans have Brian Tannehill, who's been the ultimate game manager for them. With that being said... I see that my choice is going to be the Titans, although I do feel like there's going to be a wild card like coming out of this. All right, spoiler I, for mine, okay. I think the Colts are going to get a wild card. Okay. It's hard for me to go against the Colts, but I believe Tennessee is a little more stacked. Okay. And I so, feel like Tennessee might win that division by a game. I feel like the Colts, with what they have, were a quarterback away from winning this division. Philip Philip Rivers, before he retired, was not the answer. And no, I feel he, like bringing, he was a very short. You could tell he was very short term. I feel like if anyone's going to fix Carson Wentz, it's going to be Frank Reich, who worked with him for years in Philly. Yeah. And I feel like he is going to go back to his near MVP form. I would like. To, I would love to see that. I would too. But we'll see what happens. Now to the NFC South, which I feel there, like there's, there's, it's there's, a one-horse race Yeah, it's here. A really a one, because here's We're the going thing, bucks right? here. Yeah, we're all going bucks here because yep. the Saints... You can't say Tom Brady will not win. And I well, think. yeah, you can't. Because the Saints, the Saints are the only competition because they had Drew Brees. Yep. Now that he's gone, there isn't really... Like, maybe Carolina could get a wild card, the number seven seed... But at, I don't. That's very. The Falcons don't have a defense, so for me, the, the Falcons, Falcons are, are going to be the number. Like they're going to be finished dead last. I think they're going to be last too. Um, the Saints. It really depends on Teddy Bridgewater. Actually, I could see the Saints finishing last. No. I, I feel like Drew Brees masked a lot of their, their inefficiencies. Did, but I, I think their inefficiencies weren't didn't put them in a position that had Drew Brees been gone. <laughs> They would like completely like fall apart. Okay. I feel like they're still a decent team. I don't think they're playoff contenders anymore. No. But they could probably make Carolina's uh, problem. I think Give the Falcons and the Saints are going to fight for the bottom. But yeah, that's just okay. So we have all f- all of our division leaders now. Let's just go AFC, then we'll go NFC. Okay, we're well, the three. Wild I say cards. we just just name the teams. Okay. So all right, so my three wild cards coming out of the AFC mm-hmm. is going to be New England, okay, Baltimore, okay, and Indianapolis. Okay, so I had the Bills win. Uh, I had the Patriots winning this division. Yes. So the Bills. Um, I'm gonna also say the Chargers. Wow. And yeah, no, I I really think that Justin Herbert took it. He did great, and I think they are going I, to get even better. There's still some of the, that that team doesn't look like fully complete to me. I I agree. the The Chargers have been a um, fr- they've been an underachieving team. Yeah. But I just they, if there were there's something to be that I feel like when I look at this roster, they've yeah. been looking for a quarterback. Phil Rivers has not been as consistent as he needed to be for them to make the playoffs consistently, or make the playoffs in general. And I feel like Justin Herbert is that person. And for my third pick, I'm going to say, because I said the Colts were going... No, I said the Titans were. I'm going to say the Colts. I'm surprised you didn't go Browns. You didn't put them in there. The Bra- I, I feel like the Browns had a unicorn season. Not saying that they're not good, but I feel like they're going to be 9-7 and seven and just miss the playoffs. That's just my opinion on, on the Browns. I'll say this. If there was an 8 seed, I'd probably put the Chargers in there. If there was an 8 seed, I'd put the Browns in. Okay, so... To the NFC, 
Um, so my three NFC teams. Do you want me to go first for this one, or do you? Yeah, want you can go first. Okay, so I'm gonna say that the I think in, in order from the first pl- first one to the third one. I'm not gonna give an order. Oh, okay, so I'm gonna say the Seahawks. Okay. I'm gonna say the so I said the Redskins the sorry the name redacted name redacted um we're gonna win so I'm gonna say that the Giants get a sec, get another one and I'm gonna say the Bears so my three teams are gonna be Seattle mm-hmm. Los Angeles the Rams Rams and I'm gonna go with Philly I feel like Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts the, yeah. yeah. See, I'm horrible with remembering names. I, I remember the situation, but I feel like Philly, I feel like should have been, like Philly is a very good team if they have a good quarterback. Yeah. That's their problem. Like with Carson Wentz was very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And he was injury prone for a little bit. Yeah. So I feel like that cost the Eagles because when he was playing, especially with that championship, man, he got them that championship. Well, he got them to the dance. So, the Eagles are not the Crimson Tide when it comes to stack team. And I no. feel like, I looked at Jalen Hurts last season, I feel like his stats, his play on the field and his stats didn't match up. Like, I felt like his stats said he did better, but I, sorry, his on the field play said he did better, but when I looked at his statistics, they didn't match up to the eye test that I saw with him on the field. I, I, I feel like he can... Well, the thing with the NFC, right? Yeah. I think the NFC, uh, looking at it right now, is top heavy. Like there are a lot of teams that you could see making a run, but there aren't teams that are lower end. Like it, there's not enough depth in the yeah. competition. No, I there's get that. you know your Packers, Buccaneers, Bucks. and really that's it. That's the top two teams. Everybody else is like not in that contender level anymore. I would say the Rams are going to be a dark horse just because. But They can definitely be a dark horse. Um, so I think that that's a pretty uh, couple bold picks on both of our ends. Do we want to go conference champions and Super Bowls? You want Okay. Well, yeah, let's do it. Conference champions out of the AFC first, if you want to make. I'll, I'll make this pick first because Ooh. this is my conference. I think this, the, the knee-jerk reaction in me wants to say that the Bills but I feel like the safer pick is the Chiefs. Chiefs are a safer pick. I'm yeah. going to go bold. I, f- I like them. I'm going to go Cleveland Browns. That's not happening. I know it's not going to happen, but yeah, that's my kind bold. of early but not way too early prediction. Okay. So, NFC. NFC. You can pick first. The Packer, fan in wants, the Packer fan in me wants to say Packers, but it really depends on how if the defense can make stops and the offense could not have as many uh, three and outs. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say Packers. It's not really bold. but Not I'll, really that bold, but. I'm going to go bold. One year after Tom Brady switched teams and won a Super Bowl with his team, Matthew Stafford coming from the downtrodden Detroit Lions coming to, I would say that the Rams are kind of built, uh, aside from the skill position They're players on offense. They're very defensively. I would like to say that Matthew Stafford, and this is obviously a spoiler, is going to do what Tom Brady was able to do last year, go from a team to another team and win a Super Bowl in his first year. Win a Super Bowl. I'm going to say the Rams. It's going to be the Rams and the Bills, and the Rams are going to win their first title since the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner. 
I believe it would be their first title in Los Angeles, counting their previous stint. Yes. Yeah. So my Super Bowl is Packers, Browns. Okay. I feel like I know what this pick the is. The Packers be. are the better team, at least offensively. Yes. Browns may be better defensively. The Browns are built well. And they are the built thing. well. They, they, they've definitely been building these past couple years. I just feel like this is not the year they're going to win it. But this is your pick, so I'm going to let you take it away. I'm going to go bold. For f- pigs are going to fly, um, hell is going to freeze over, and Cleveland will rock as Super Bowl champions. And this will be the first one with their new... It'll be the first one, their first Super Bowl championship ever. Well, technically, this is the 1999 Browns, so... I mean, well, actually, they do honor... They are, like, their team history does incorporate those those pre-Brown... so how the history goes is that they pretty the much moved to would, no no Baltimore. when they moved to Baltimore right so in the clowns or the clowns the Browns like history books the clowns it just <laughs> it's like a three year break yeah and they treat and they, the league history actually treats the Ravens as an expansion franchise I don't agree with it that. doesn't honor like as hell, much as I the, hate them even yeah. the Ravens don't honor the Browns legacy like they left everything in Cleveland yeah. All right, and I think that is a good place to end. Two bold predictions. I have the Rams winning, you have the Browns winning. And with that, we are going to call it a day. I think it was overall a very... It was a a very discussion-based... It was a very discussion-based episode today. Yep. Uh, You know, maybe we could just go back to the Field Dreams game one more time. Yeah. We did a lot of that. Circle back around. But um, we're going to say thank you for listening. Um, Follow us on social media. Facebook... Yeah. Twitter. Yeah, we got that too. Reddit, maybe. Instagram, potentially. OnlyFans, definitely. <laughs> at JV Squad Pod. That's at capital J, capital V, Squad Pod. And with that, we are going to say goodbye. So remember, when the starters are out, when the backups are out, the JV Squad is here to pick you up.